Courtney. Hey, Sasha. I have a warning for you. Oh, really? I've heard that you should be very careful if someone offers you fries, gravy, and cheese curds with raspberries on top. <gasps> Why? Apparently, people are trying to poison Rasputin. <laughs> it's spoop hour! say that that's what happened to me when I threw up poutine on the metro the other week? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Because you're an adult and you can say whatever you want. I was poisoned and that's why I threw up on the metro. Not that I drank too much and then ate poutine, which was not a good combination. I have frequently thought that you have a lot of similarities with Rasputin. Yeah? Why? Because I like to get poisoned by poutine. Yes. I was just I was just oh. laying that groundwork so that that story would be believable. I don't uh-huh. expect you to no, follow like, up. Like, oh, because I'm like, because you two are Russian. getting weirdly close to the Russian royal family and amassing a lot of power that makes me vaguely uncomfortable. Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, this is Snoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. We I'm, know a lot about Rasputin. I'm Sasha, and the other one's Courtney. Sasha is the Rasputin one. As always, find us on social media at Spoop Hour on Twitter and on uh, in- Instagram. Yes. Instagram is where we put all of the visual elements of our podcast because podcasts are not a visual medium. That's very true. If you've got any stories or inquiries or questions or dog photos or cat photos or... Or you just want to razz me because I'm bad at accents. Yeah. Email us at spoophour at gmail.com. Has anyone razzed you recently? They sure have, and the noise I made when I got the email. So shout out to Nora, who sent an email subject line, say spoop you, and (laughs) wrote, don't forget your French-Canadian listeners who are horrifically unimpressed, winky face. Uh Nora, who does adore you despite the terrible French. (laughs) And then... I'll have you know, we both took one year of French each. Between the two of us, we're terrible at it. (laughs) And Nora then to prove that she's just the best ever, sent us pictures of her dog, and we confirmed her dog is very cute. Her dog is very cute. So do you have a cute dog? Send us a picture. Send us a cute picture of your cat. We'll tell you if they're cute or not. Also birds. Oh, yeah, well, look at birds. What was Hamsters. Oh, I just remember the bird joke. Oh, the parakeet. Joke. The parakeet. Yeah. Yeah. Why did the pastry okay. chef poison his parakeets? So he could kill two birds with one scone. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of really bad jokes about poison out on the internet. Yeah. A lot of them have to do with married people. It is. Like, it does the, not bode well. The straights are not okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, apparently marriage means one or the other is going to poison you. Possibly Winston Churchill is, or himself. I liked, well, yeah, it was the woman who said, if you're my husband, I'd poison your coffee. And Winston Churchill said, if you're my wife, I'd drink it. <laughs> and the other one that was like, the husband's on his deathbed. And he finally confides in his wife that he's been cheating on her their entire marriage. And the wife says, why do you think you're on your deathbed? <laughs> I'm taking notes on all of these and I'm going to give a toast at your wedding and mm-hmm. there will be all of them. It's just going to be seven minutes of extremely uncomfortable poisoning jokes for newlyweds. No. <laughs> Please go. And at minute three, everybody's going to be like, man, I hope this ends soon. And then there will be four more minutes. No. 
I'm going to get uninvited to Sasha's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> As, because people like to know about our personal lives. They sure do. I asked Courtney to be one of my bridesmaids. And I'm and... clearly trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> it's going to be real awkward. But up, but but up. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Uh, well, today, it's very... Today and yesterday were very warm, and it was yes. a snow day on Wednesday. It's so fucking that trash. Was... My head exploded Cli- yesterday. Climate change is the spookiest thing of all. It's true. It's like that and the patriarchy are the two big spooky things. Yeah. A lot of it was just like, I guess the spookiest thing I have coming up this week is that it's the week where I have to sit in a room by myself for a whole week oh, instead yeah. of teaching and wait for one student at a time to come do a 20 minute presentation by themselves and I have to grade it and I'm just lonely and alone all day. So. Isn't that same week last year isn't that when your twins picked out the same prompt oh that was two years ago two yeah. years ago okay yeah. do you have any twins this year i don't have any twins this damn. year. damn yeah so i had like a really gross nightmare last night yeah and in my dream last night <laughs> you were telling me because in my nightmare i must have been telling you one of the things i'm talking about today which involves a lot of japanese words and you were telling me how to pronounce every one and i was like no I'm, i know how to pronounce these we took japanese together and you go you don't know how to pronounce japanese things and i'm like what we met in japanese class <laughs> Wow. And you were like really intense about, but you don't know how to say anything. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't that bad at oh Japanese. No, I was being an you. asshole. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's Everybody's an asshole in my dream. It is. It, no, I think it's because I was completing this research late. Late. And then I went to bed immediately in the middle of it. So it was fresh in fresh my head. That's so why we should do spoop our research at night. No, usually I cut myself off, but this oh. was really interesting, and I was like, I want to get to the bottom of it, and then I finally was like, I am too tired, because I had the migraine yesterday, I was like, I cannot stay awake any longer. Oh, but a positively spooky thing happened today. Positively was, spooky! Like, a, like, in a positive way. Yeah, that's true, um, it was cute. Was that one of my current students was working where we had lunch after Little Women, and she gave me my food for free. Yeah. Which was really nice. None so, of the rest of us got the discount, the, but that's the spooki- fine. That's because I arrived earlier than everyone that's else. That's true. Yeah, but like the spookiest thing of all is that a student likes me. Yay! <laughs> Enough to give it? me a free meal at my favorite fast casual restaurant. Yay! Okay. Anything spooky happened to you besides weird nightmares? No. My cat turned 10 this week, which isn't spooky. It's just delightful. Jack was shocked. But that she's 10? Yeah. Yeah, because she acts very spry for being yeah. 10. She, like, her vet, who is intimately familiar with, like, all of her inner workings, is like, I would not put this cat for being over two years old. But mm-hmm. she is 10. She is, she is a full decade old. She's, but she's, she's fighting so fit. Good. Yeah. Her blood work came back all good. So Ooh. she's like, cheers for 10 more years of Zelda. Anyway. 10 more years. 10 more years. 10, 10 more years. 10 more years. <laughs> <laughs> and I joked when we were at the movies it's the kind where the chairs recline mm-hmm. and they these I've never been to one that has these but these had like like rotating table thingies mm-hmm. and so they that you could like if you had snacks you could put your snacks on them and Mysterious Third Roommates her table thing was haunted because every time she brought it close to her it would just immediately like push itself away oh, God. so her table was haunted her table was haunted but otherwise no nothing nothing particularly spooky happened to me hmm. what are we talking about this week poison 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 most foul ho 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 I've learned Just... nothing from being lambasted for my French <laughs> <laughs> oh well I, I, that, that was a spooky thing that we talked about at lunch sorry I was thinking about lambasted oh, for French oh that's true we talked about how disturbing it is that <laughs> the the carriage in Beauty and the Beast is, is like the probably most a disturbing it's either a person or it's a horse. And neither is good. And neither is good. Because they have the consciousness of people getting in it, like the spider carriage. Yeah. So the one that Maurice gets it thrown into. It has a name. 
It does. Palanquin. So we're going to create a gritty reboot of Beauty and the Beast. We're going to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead it. Except it's going to be the story of Palanquin and the abject horror of all of these poor employees who did nothing wrong Mm -mm. getting perma-fucked by this curse just because their boss is an asshole. Right. I'm sure some of you listening have asshole bosses and it's not your fault. Now imagine getting cursed into being a fucking teapot because your boss is an asshole. Yeah. And that's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So Palanquin, look out for that in theaters near you. It's going to be called Palanquin, what did I, La Chariot Aranya, I think. Yeah. So the the, spider. Spider the carriage. Ca- yeah. Carriage of the arachnid. <laughs> yes. But yeah, we're talking about poisons. We're talking about poisons. And so I thought it would be a fun way to introduce the topic with a game. A game. This was going to be part of my research. And then I was like, oh, I could make a, I could have made a baller game out of this. And then I was like, fuck it. It's a game now. So I hope you're ready to play poison control. Yes. So the rules of this game are simple. We're going to determine how well you, Sasha, know your antidotes, historically Uh-oh. speaking. So I'm going to read a list of items, and you're going to tell me if it is something they historically use as an antidote, poison control, mm-hmm. or if it's something random. Oops, you're poisoned. So <laughs> it's either poison control or oops, you're poisoned. Oops, you're super dead. Super deadsville's, bro. Are you ready to yes. play poison control? Poison control. Woo! So shout out to Mental Floss and The Guardian Ooh. for all of this information. Horns, the kinds animals have, not the kind you play. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, ooh, let's, this is probably an antidote, but it was old timing doesn't actually work. So, oopsie, you're poisoned. I should clarify the rules of the game. It's just if they used it as an antidote, oh, not you, if it's actually, actually effective or not. Oh, okay, so if it's used as an antidote, but yes, not effective or Because I'm going to put this gently as I can. Mm-hmm. Almost everything they used as an antidote was not actually an antidote. A oh, lot okay. of people were super dead. Then, okay, yeah. Wait, poison control. But <laughs> yeah. you're super dead. Yes, yeah. poison control. Specifically, unicorn horns used as a chalice or cup were believed to neutralize any poison. So if somebody poisoned your drink, but you were drinking out of a unicorn horn, you were fine. So here's me being like, I believe in ghosts, but I'm like... Unicorns aren't fucking real. Yeah, you fucking dummies. <laughs> you fucking dummies. There's no such thing as a unicorn. Yeah, and if you had already ingested the poison because you didn't have a unicorn cup, or if you had any kind of other physical injury, so if you had like a weird cut or you had a gangrene limb or something, proximity to a unicorn horn was believed to cure you. Don't tell the three and five-year-old that I hang out with <laughs> that I think unicorns aren't real. I'm pretty sure they would cry. Well, she listens to this podcast. Obviously, so. yeah. <laughs> Don't let your children listen. I mean... You're the parent. You decide. But maybe three and five is a little young for us. Yeah. We've said some things about dicks. Anyway, Zia Maze. What's that? Uh, Zia Maze? Zia Maze is what it's called. It's Z-E-A-M-A-Y-S. Let's say it's a antidote that I've never heard of. Oops, you're poisoned. Is it nothing? This is the scientific name of corn. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. To my knowledge, no one has ever tried to cure poisonings with corn. Okay. I wanted to put corn, but I thought it would be too obvious if I put corn, so I did a real quick Google, and I think it was Encyclopedia Botanica, was like, Zia Maze, or American corn. Huh. <laughs> cocaine! Antidote. Oops, you're poisoned! No? While cocaine ah, used to be... used to stop bleeding. Yep, it used to be a featured ingredient in Coca-Cola and used for a bunch of other medicinal reasons. Mm-hmm. It was probably never used as an antidote, or at least I could not find a record of it being used as an antidote. If you have one, email spoofire.gmail.com. Another one of my bridesmaids, she, her dad broke his nose and to get them to stop, uh, to the hospital to get, stop bleeding had to like give him a form of cocaine. Woo! It was the best night of his and life. And then it stopped bleeding. 
<laughs> in the uh, hospital. Again, this is like in this the is hospital. Like in the hospital. See, we always look back at like old timey medicine and we're like, why the fuck did they do that? What the no. fuck kind of barbers? And then it's like, well, we kind of do some weird shit now because yeah, it worked. I, I was going to say, like, this happened like three years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, probably a lot of this shit, it's like, well, we did it because, you know, for some people it worked in the same way that, like, you know, some humans can have little of cocaine as a treatment. <laughs> I'm shit myself. <laughs> that was so perfect. <laughs> Thank you. A bezoar, which is a solid and undigested mass of food, plants, or hair found in the insides of animals and sometimes humans. It's used as an antidote in Harry Potter. So are you saying poison control? Poison control. Poison control! (laughs) According to legend, deer would eat poison snakes, although I guess they were probably venomous snakes. Anyway, deer (laughs) would eat some sort of snake that could in some way impart a thing that was bad for you. And then any bezoar that the deer produced, which was possibly by crying tears that then turned solid, would then be an antidote to all poisons. And people would wear bezoar amulets just in case they encountered poison. In terms of, like, what kind of grossness we're dealing with, probably the bezoar most of us are most familiar with, hairballs from cats are a form of a bezoar. It's an undigested mass of hair that comes right back up. Mm. Fun fact, a team of researchers tested to see if bezoars would actually cure poison and found that when immersed in an arsenic solution, bezoars do absorb arsenic or even neutralize it. So it maybe works. Huh. Or there's also the tale of a 16th century cook who was sentenced to death for stealing silver from the king. And so they gave him a choice. Either they could kill him by hanging or they could be a lab rat where they would poison him and then try out one of the poison remedies. And then, you know, I guess if he survived, like, he was done because they were supposed to kill him. So he decided... No, they would just keep testing on him I'm sure they would until he finally died. Yeah. So he decided, I will be a lab rat. So they gave him poison and then they shoved a bezoar down his throat. Uh Uh-huh. He died an excruciating death six hours later. So it probably doesn't work. (laughs) But it does absorb arsenic, which is just... It's weird. Huh. It's weird. It's a hmm. weird fucking thing. Garlic. Poison control? Or oops, you're poisoned. Poison control. Oops, you're poisoned. Oh, Garlic is only good for warding off vampires and also making food delicious. Mm. Clay. Poison control. Poison control. Some believed that if you ate clay after being poisoned, the clay would trap the poison before it could damage your body. Kind of like what people believe activated charcoal does now, and sometimes Mm -hmm. activated charcoal is used to contain toxins. Mm -hmm. But be careful with your activated charcoal. It can mess with your birth control. Mm. Fun fact. So if you're on any kind of hormonal birth control and also using some sort of activated charcoal product, just, you know, be sure to use a secondary form of birth control and Mm -hmm. be aware Like, even on, like, externally? Or do they mean internally? I'm not sure of the specifics of it. I would either ask your doctor and let them know you have activated charcoal or do some good old-fashioned Googling. I've only had two charcoal foods in the last (laughs) year or so, and one was ice cream from Nice Cream, and then the other was a charcoal lavender latte. Nice. At this, like, really cute coffee shop near George Mason. Yeah. I think it depends on the quantity of charcoal you ingest and the kind of birth control you're on and, like, how Mm. sensitive... Because, like, you know how, like, grapefruit can mess with some medications? Mm -hmm. Like, it messes with my allergy medication, so I can't have Mm. grapefruit because I will not be able to breathe anymore. Activated charcoal kind of does that for birth control. I should check if grapefruit messes with any of my medications because I fucking love grapefruit. Yeah, you should should double check on that. You should double check on that. Yeah. Pearls! Poison control or oops, you're poisoned? Poison control. Poison control! In the Middle Ages, practitioners of Ayurvedic medicine would, or Ayurvedic medicine, I'm not sure, I'm sorry, they would use pearl powder as an antidote. Hmm. 
Pearls have also been used to treat a bunch of diseases in Chinese medicine or to cure the need for food. Huh. So what you would do is you take your pearl, you soak it with malt, something called serpent's gall. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a serpent who has the audacity to do something. Yes. Serpent's gall. Honeycomb and eponymous stone. Probably a gallbladder. Oh, well, that makes more sense mm. than my serpent just being ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you soak all of these things together, you end up with something that's like the consistency of taffy, mm-hmm. and then you eat a little piece of the taffy, and then you never need to eat again. Not because you're dead, just because you have been cured of, like, <laughs> hunger. Okay. <laughs> Although possibly because you're dead. I'm not going to say that it works. Yeah. Don't don't try this at home, and don't, don't report back if you do try it, because mm-hmm. I'm going to worry about you. Mm-hmm. Vodka. Poison control? Uh, no, oops, you're dead. Comrade, you're poisoned! (laughs) Even in Soviet Russia, vodka does not cure you of poison. Yeah, you just drink too much of it and you're dead. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's called alcohol poisoning. Yeah, so... you can't use alcohol to cure alcohol poisoning. (laughs) Not for lack of trying! Not for lack of trying. Radium! Poison control, but then oops, you're actually dying. Oops, you're poisoned. Oops, you're poisoned. Possibly by radium, I put it in my Yeah, I was going to say by radium. It was used for glow-in-the-dark shit and poisoned a lot of people as a result. Mm -hmm. The Radium Girls is particularly tragic. It's a story of exploitation Uh and absolutely atrocious working conditions because they encouraged these women to lick their paintbrushes while they were painting the numbers on watch dials. Yep. And they were like, yeah, you can use it as a cosmetic. Just go ahead and paint that shit on your face, girl. And it was not... Uh -uh. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, it has never been used as an antidote. They used it for glow-in-the-dark shit, but they, they didn't think that it cured poison eggs. Okay. But it for sure did poison. Mm-hmm. And finally, the last one. Venetian treacle. Yeah, let's just say poison control. Poison control! Okay. <laughs> a Venice-based version of a concoction known as theriac was historically used as a poison treatment and herbal remedy. Hmm. It was originally designed by Andromachus, who is Emperor Nero's personal physician, and as we all know from history, Nero was a weird dude, and one of the many weird things he was fond of was poisoning people. Yep. There's poisonings all up and down Nero's life story. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that his personal physician is like, I gotta, I gotta figure out some shit about poison. Yeah. So so the formula for Venetian treacle contained 70 ingredients for, for Theria. Mm-hmm. 70 ingredients, including opium, rose, iris, lavender, cinnamon, and honey. And a later version used golden syrup instead of honey because it was cheaper to produce. Huh. But then it kind of fell by the wayside in terms yeah. of being used for poison control and as a preventative healthcare measure. Oh. And that's the game Poison Control. Oh, boy. We're all poisoned We're now. We're learning so much about poison. <laughs> Again, most of these... Probably did not work. Yeah. So, Except for Bezor's and only when it's arsenic. Like, yeah, arsenic, and it's like submerged in arsenic. It's not like when arsenic is in your body. It's oh. just when it's like in an arsenic solution. <laughs> just to kind of get us started, the Kansas City Public Library has a great list of 10 of the all-time greatest poisonings, either historical or in literature. And before I even read this list, I was like, if... Hamlet is not somehow on here. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare's plays, lots of poison. Yeah. Lots of poison. Lots of poison. And that's why, you know, when you look at how Ro- Romeo and Juliet died. Poison. Poison. And knife. And knife. But Romeo dies in, like, a more womanly way because it, he died from poison, right? Yeah. And Juliet dies in a more masculine way because she's stabbed. Yeah. And then, like, 
with P- Claudius poisoning his his brother King Hamlet, yeah, he's seen as like a snake, yeah, because it's poison. Snakes are venomous, yeah. But then also, it's like um, a girly way to kill somebody. Yeah, it's sneaky. It's girly. It's too feminine. You know, he's not being like forthright and brute. You know, yeah, brutal I'm gonna stab manly. my brother. I'm gonna be direct and directly stab my brother. I'm gonna directly right? cut his head off because. Yeah, I can. he's being sneaky. He's, he's being just... a sneaky snake, and yeah. like all sneaky things, it's associated with women. Yeah, it's <sighs> fine. I like to be thought of as a sneaky snake, as someone who can fly under the radar, and then you wouldn't know. Yeah, like, I always think back to what Lady Macbeth said: "Look yeah. like the innocent flower, be the serpent under it." Exactly, serpents, venomous. Oh, <gasps> my mom see? got me a Southside serpent sticker. So see, 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 it's already started. The was it? Pretty Poisons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty Poisons, the spinoff of the Southside South Serpents. Serpents. Anyway, Poisons. Poisons. Hercules. What about him? He was poisoned. Cool. After vanquishing the many-headed Hydra, Hercules, again, the mythical, yes. invented the first world's first mythological biological weapon by dipping his arrows in the serpent's venom. But along with this discovery came consequences. Hercules' wife, angered by his infidelity, sent him a robe she had dipped in the blood of an enemy Hercules had killed with his poison arrows. As he lay dying, swaddled in the poison garment, he entrusted his arrows to a young Greek archer who also had bad luck with venomous missiles and ended up stashing them away in the temple of Apollo, the Greek god of healing. I have questions. One, how did his wife get access to all of that blood of his fallen enemy? Two, how did he not notice that his robe had been soaked in human blood? <laughs> was maybe it a red robe? Was, maybe he thought it was just like a dark red, oh, r- rusty colored robe. That's kind of like crispy. Yeah, a little crispy. <laughs> He's like, oh, just the way I like my robes. The, Soft robes aren't masculine enough. So I want a crunchy robe. The word toxic comes from the Greek hey, word na, na, toxicon, na, na, na. which okay. means arrow. Oh. Huh. I was going to guess toxicon was like an annual convention for poisoners. Mm-hmm. Socrates. Yes. Um, his poison Classic. was hemlock. Yep. So as punishment for corrupting the youth of Athens by leading them away from the gods in the eyes of the law, you know, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. right? The philosopher Socrates was forced to drink hemlock. Apparently, he could have just gotten off by paying a fine, but... <laughs> but because he's a dramatic bitch. <laughs> yeah. The amount that he offered was so low that the jurors were like, yeah, no, you're going to just die. <laughs> And then he could have been thrown into a pit, fastened by iron bands, secured with nails to a board, or drink the hemlock. And he chose the hemlock. I feel like that's the least violent way to go. Oh, so the pit would have killed him. Yeah, thrown okay. into some kind of pit that, yeah, and left like for dead. Like a sarlacc pit. Or, or even just like, you're going to just be in here until you starve to death. Like a sarlacc pit. Yeah, but doesn't the thing come and get him? The sarlacc pit had, like, stuff, like a big monster in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you die, because isn't the Sarlacc the thing that swallows you, and yeah, then yeah. you, like, slowly starve to death in its insides? Oh, on its insides, yeah. Yeah. But this is just, I mean, like, like a literal hole in the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't yeah. think that ancient Greeks had access to a Sarlacc. No, we I all know that's so. only in a, a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. Hamlet's father. Hey! Poison of Hebanon poured in the ear. I love this article. It says, don't put anything into your ear sharper than your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before, because doctors say you're not supposed to stick yeah. Q-tips in your ear. So it's the nothing smaller than your elbow, elbow, nothing sharper than your elbow. Don't take naps outdoors. Don't take naps outdoors. Because then don't. your treacherous brother is going to fill your ear yeah, with poison. Yeah, like, don't have a treacherous brother. Oh, yeah. Um, if you can avoid it, don't have a treacherous so brother. So, Hebanon or Hyoskamas Niger, also known as Stinking Nightshade, 
<laughs> Stinking <laughs> nightshade. You probably should never be porn. 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 <laughs> you should never be porn. <laughs> should never be poured into your ear. That's the method Claudius used to ditch his rival, King Hamlet. Okay. You know, the ghost of King Hamlet's like, uh, I was poisoned. <laughs> like, it was not a snake bite. Your uncle straight up poured ear, uh, poison into my ear. Poison most fell. <laughs> Charles II might have been poisoned by mercury. That's the theory. Okay. It His death is widely to belie- believed to have been some sort of stroke, but he might have accidentally poisoned himself while turning trying to turn lead into gold. Because of its gold dissolving properties, mercury was a famous a favorite of alchemists, including Sir Isaac Newton. Oop. And I didn't know Sir Isaac Newton was an alchemist. Yep. And he, the Charles II, was engaged in the fair, vain pursuit of turning metals into gold or into bouillon, which is my favorite way of describing gold. Because in Fire Emblem, when you get gold, it's called bouillon, and Someone on Twitter thought that it was, like, ingredients for the cooking game. Yeah. And so she just had all this bouillon, like, in her inventory. (laughs) And her friend was like, why aren't you selling that? She goes, oh, I thought I needed it for the cooking thing. She goes, no, that's money. That's because... There's a chicken stock you can get a bouillon yep, cube. It's like a little and that's, cube. Yeah, you dissolve it in water and you end up with chicken stock right. or vegetable stock. And so or she whatever. thought that's what it was and not that you were getting gold bars when you completed <laughs> missions. Even though, well, and so to be fair, like the picture next to it is like three gold bars stacked on top of each other, sure. but it looks like Soup bouillon stock. cube. Yeah. Emma Bovary, fictional character Madame from Madame Bovary, she commits suicide. By taking arsenic. She was the wife of a doting but boring doctor. Sure. So it's like, well, he's going to have arsenic, isn't he? That's true. You could just, like, yeah. get it back then. Mm-hmm. Like, Lizzie Borden got, I think, arsenic. Either arsenic or cyanide before she gave her father 40 wax and mother mm-hmm. 41. She went down to the pharmacy and was like, yes, hello, I'd like some arsenic, please. And they're like, all right, here you go. Right? <laughs> um, that also reminds me of the pharmacist joke. Oh, yeah. Like, the wife goes to the pharmacist and says, I would like to buy some poison, please. And the pharmacist says, no, I can't do that. And yeah. she was like, okay, how about this? And gives him a photo of his wife sleeping with the woman's husband. And he's like, oh, I see you have a prescription. <laughs> Any hints of arsenic poisoning include an inky or acrid taste in the mouth, accompanied by an unquenchable thirst. I feel like once you are at the point where you have the acrid taste in your mouth, it's It's kind of too late for you. Yeah. Victims of Typhoid Mary. Oh, Mary, wash your goddamn hands. Salmonella (laughs) Typhi. Nicknamed. 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 Nicknamed Typhoid Mary, Mary Mallon was a cook working in New York City at the turn of the century, and she was linked to 33 cases of typhoid fever, three of which resulted in death. Caused by food or water infested with human feces, typhoid... <sighs> Wash your hands, Mary. Has, ...has a gestation period of 14 days, and those who survive it typically carry it the rest of their lives. Ugh. So, way to fucking go, Typhoid Mary. Yep. The Jonestown Massacre. I think we've oh, talked yeah. about this before. Cyanide spiked fruit punch. Yep. And it was not Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. Yep. Every time I bust out that fun fact, everybody gets bummed out. Yeah. People are like, don't drink the Kool-Aid, haha. And I'm like, well, actually, it was Flavor-Aid. Yeah. And then nobody likes it anymore. It's no not a cute it's story. It's not a cute story anymore. Victor Yushchenko 
was admitted to the hospital with a nasty case of dioxin poisoning in 2004. He was the presidential candidate for Ukraine. And apparently he had been given the poison five days prior to hospitalization, the same day he dined with the leaders of the Ukrainian Secret Service. Um, the dioxin found in Yushchenko was the same chemical used in Agent Orange, which was the U.S. military's Vietnam-era pesticide of choice. Mm. He lived and won the election, oh. but his face was scarred in, like, serious acne. Oh. From the infection caused by the poison. That's basically um, what happens to the mountain on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was thinking, like, it's not on this list, but that case reminded me of also, you know, the the uh, two Russians who were hiding out in England? Yes, yeah. and they said that they wanted to go see, I think it was the St. Stephen's Tower. Yeah. And they were like, all our friends said to go see it because it's a very tall tower. <laughs> yeah, and they both were poisoned, like, found on a bench. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then finally... Rasputin. Rasputin. He was poisoned by raspberry poutine. Mm. Um, no, there was poison, <laughs> uh, attempted po- poisoning by cyanide mm-hmm. because we've talked about him here yeah. before, but they keep kept trying to feed him with cyanide and he bitch kept staying <sighs> yeah. alive. He just kept surprised, bitch, I bet you thought you'd seen the last of he me-ing everyone. <laughs> gobbled down the poison to no ill effect, so yeah. they shot him and threw his body into the river. And it was the drowning that killed him. It was the like, drowning that killed him. When we went over him, I remember, because I was the one who did him, because I love the story of Rasputin, because I'm a weird person. I think they everyone like, should find that story fascinating. Yes, they like poisoned him, and then they let him be for a bit, because they're like, he's poisoned, we'll just leave the body here and like go out and establish some alibis. And then they came back, and he was like, ha-ha, and like, leapt out at them, so they like beat the shit out of him, clubbed him over the head. Once again, not Deadsville, finally shot him, rolled him into the river. <laughs> Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. It's me, Raspberry Pootie. <laughs> It's Raspberry Putin. It's me, Raspberry Putin! Yikes. Jesus Christ. Christ. Let's not. So, yeah, those are some literary and some historical. Obviously, there are more contemporary cases of poisonings. Poison is endlessly fascinating. It is. But I don't like talking about the ones that are too recent because it bums me out. Me too. I was was telling Sasha this earlier. should have saved it for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I did not. But now I'm telling you again. Yeah. I when I was doing my research yesterday, I started out just by searching like poison, poison yeah. stories, and like I got all of these like horrible like, and then so and so was poisoned with ricin, and this horrible thing happened to this person in 2009, and I'm yeah. like, <gasps> and I was really like freaking out, and it made me think about this one Law and Order I saw where someone gets poisoned with ricin, and like the episode opens with him like dying of the ricin poisoning like five minutes after he ingested it. Have you ever seen the last horrible. season of Breaking Bad? No. Oh, okay. To somebody get poisoned by ricin? Well, yeah, fuck that shit. Um, well, I, I think earlier in the series, someone gets poisoned with ricin, but they're like, yeah, we're making ricin. And he goes, like, ricin beans. <laughs> and then I can't remember if it, if it was ricin at the very end, but someone gets poisoned because she puts stevia in her coffee, but the stevia was swapped out with a white oh. powder that was poisoned, oh. and she had only enough time to basically negotiate with the person, like, like you're dying, so you're going to tell me what the... Yeah. Like. Fuck. So anyway, that was bumming me out. So then I was like, I got to steer clear of this. So then I was like, well, what if I research antidotes, thus the game? And then I was trying to Google, like, fun poison. Yeah. <laughs> and spooky poison. And, like, fun poison turned up a lot of recipes for, like, apple cakes that you could decorate to look like poison, poison apples. apples. 
And then I was like, well, that's not... Uh, like the bomb-ass um, candy apples they have at Disney World. Yeah, so, or yeah. like or like people around Halloween who like make like a Snow White cake yeah. that have a poison apple, mm-hmm. like, you know, things like that. And I'm like, well, that's not going to do it. And then I finally Googled fun, spooky poison. Yeah. And after some digging and elimination of the word fun, I got reminded of the Halloween candy poisoning legend. Yeah, I think I had to change some of my search terms because I got, like, I, I did, like, famous poisonings, <laughs> yeah. and True Crime Daily was like, here are some contemporary poisoning really cases. Really shitty ones that happened, like, two years are, ago. Yeah, like, in prison now, or the case is still going. I was yeah. like, nah. Pass. Pass. So tell me about the spooky Halloween stuff. So, this all, this and the other story I'm going to tell come from Mental Floss, Ars Technica, History.com, which hilariously called their article How Americans Became Convinced Their Halloween Candy Was Poisoned, which really made me laugh because I also had a Guardian article open, and I thought for sure the Guardian, a UK-based paper, would be like, How Americans Became Convinced Their Halloween Candy Was Poisoned. No, it was History.com. <laughs> also, CNN.com, The Guardian, as I said, The New York Times, and Wikipedia. Mm. So... Also known as Halloween sadism, the urban legends surrounding Halloween poisonings originated in the 1970s. Hot on the heels of the 1960s rumored razor blades and apples, mm-hmm. the belief that there were people out there handing out poisoned candy took off like gangbusters. People, like, obviously they didn't love it, but they certainly loved telling it. See, for me, this is more believable than when people are like, your kids are going to get weed candy for uh, for Christmas. For Christmas. <laughs> Weed. That's only the baby because very like, good. Weed is expensive. Yeah, but poison. I have a little Probably story so. at the end of the Halloween poisoning thing where I'm like, nobody likes your kid that much to work this hard to dose them. Essentially, yeah, like anyway, these rumors are actually partially based on some true incidents, oh. but with a twist. First. The legend likely began with an op-ed published in the New York Times on October 28, 1970. Julie Lemisrud pointed out uh, two unconfirmed tales of poison candies in upstate New York, and she riled up readers with a bunch of rhetorical questions about razor blades and fruit, being like, you know, well, if this is happening, who's to say that that apple you get doesn't have a razor blade in it? Who's to say there's no cyanide in that candy? And people took that as not rhetorical questions, as like, this is a thing that's happening. Uh... And... To drive the point home, a few days after the op-ed was published, a five-year-old in Detroit died on Halloween after eating heroin. The boy's uncle said that the child died after eating Halloween candy that had been laced with heroin, and the police tested his Halloween candy stash, and there had been, there were smatterings of heroin, so they're like, oh god, this is potentially what happened. But several weeks later, it turned out that the boy had come across his uncle's heroin stash, and had consumed some of it. And then the uncle was like, shit. Yeah, he was (laughs) trying to cover his tracks because he felt terrible for killing his nephew. But by that point, the story had already taken off. Even though it was the uncle's fault, it wasn't a random person killing this kid, the story had taken on a life of its own. You know who's an uncle who probably doesn't feel bad that his nephew died? Claudius. Claudius. Yeah. (laughs) Claudius is like, fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck every nephew. (laughs) Especially that guy. Especially that guy. A few years later in 1974, eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien died in Texas after eating Halloween candy laced with cyanide. Mm. This wasn't a random poisoning. It turned out the boy's father had fed him a pixie stick laced with cyanide for insurance money. Ronald Clark. Boo! Yeah. Oh my god. Fuck that guy entirely. This story. Ronald Clark O'Brien, sometimes called the Candyman, not to be confused with other horror story Candyman. Like in Riverdale? Yes. And like the horror movie Candyman. Oh god. (laughs) Anyway, 
So, Ronald Clark O'Brien was executed in 1984 for the murder of his son. If you want to hear an in-depth coverage of that story and still hear our voices, check out the 2019 Halloween episode of Fatalities, where we guest with Dr. Elisa Lucas and talk mm-hmm. about this case in detail. We talk a lot about Halloween candy in detail. We do. Yeah. And, like, I That's talk upsetting. about wanting to know if I can smell cyanide, and, like, everybody thinks I'm weird. You guys get me. Then in the 80s, a random spate of poisonings conducted via Tylenol fueled the rumors of random Halloween candy attacks. Basically, people were like, if there's someone out there who is willing to poison people at random using Tylenol, why aren't there also, why wouldn't there also be people who are poisoning children with random Halloween candy? A few other children who happened to die after eating Halloween candy were actually victims of congenital heart conditions, strep throat, or other just random terrible things Mm. that just happened to occur after they had ingested Halloween candy. So that kind of gave the rumor credence. There's also a one-off story in 1964 where New York resident Helen Fail was arrested for handing out ant poison and dog biscuits to children she deemed, quote-unquote, too old for trick-or-treating. Oh, God. File told law enforcement that the poison pass-out was a hilarious joke. No children were actually poisoned. Okay. But, you know, the yeah. police were like, this is maybe not a hilarious joke. I just... The, when when you're telling me, like, you know, people are, like, gank, you know, we're concerned, like, oh, you know, someone could be poisoning the candy. It's like, well, this is an entire holiday based around getting candy from strangers. Mm-hmm. Like, we're already participating in this madness. Yeah, and, like, right? a lot of these articles pointed out part of the reason why these rumors have so much weight to them, even though there is no instance of an actual random Halloween candy poisoning, Mm. like the rumor goes, is because we all intrinsically know the other 364 days a year, we tell children do not take candy from strangers. But on Halloween, it's go to their house and ask for candy from strangers and then eat it. Like at this point, I'm just kind of thinking like, do I even want my kids trick-or-treating? <laughs> I could take them to, like, a Halloween, like, event those, at a place that's, like, reputable. I was going to say, those because, are on the rise because of this yeah, rumor. Like, so I'll the trunk-or-treats and all of that. I'll take them to the fall, the fall, the Halloween festival at the produce stand near my house. Yeah. Where I know they have, like, a lot of little kids and they do candy and stuff. Because I trust that farm stand. Yeah. <laughs> I get my produce from there sometimes. <laughs> and you I haven't died yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my parents used to always inspect our candy to make sure, like, it hadn't been tampered with. So if any of it, like, had torn open in the bag or whatever, that got thrown away. But everything else was, like, sealed shut. Yeah, my parents, basically they were like, if if the wrapper was already coming off of it, don't eat it. Yeah. But then sometimes I'd be like, but that's my favorite candy bar. And I'd eat it. I'm still here. I'm 29. I made it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really, 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 really slow-acting poison. (laughs) Anyway, another weird poison-ish rumor about Halloween. In the 80s, people believed that some nefarious strangers were passing out temporary tattoos on Halloween that had LSD in them. The idea was your kid gets this, like, spooky pumpkin temporary tattoo, you put it on them, and then they're dosed with LSD. No one likes your kid that much. Exactly. I'm like, do you know, like, I've never done a drug in my life. Do you know how much work would go into lacing a temporary tattoo with LSD just to pass it out to a fucking kid? Conceptually, that doesn't even make sense. No. Apparently, someone wrote into the New York Times in 1988 to say that this wasn't a real thing, but every so often, the rumor pops up again. Yeah. Whenever you see something like that, just go to Snopes. Yeah. And Snopes always, almost always, Snopes is like, this has literally never happened ever. But that's fine. So... 
While I was researching poison Halloween candies, there was a throwaway mention, I believe, in the Mental Floss article of Japan also had some poison candy scares. And I'm like, huh, weird. I love true crime. I love Halloween. I love stories about poisoning Halloween shit. How has no one told me about this? How's no one told me about this? And I put in my notes, Japan's poison candies. American true crime has let me down by never telling me about this case. Because it is fucking bananas. It has everything. Oh my god. Heisty nicknames. People <gasps> setting themselves on fire. Unsolved crimes. Poisons. Bathtub kidnappings. Fucking everything in this one story. You ready? I'm ready. You're not, but... No, I mean, I'm not, but you said heisty, and I love heists, so... Yeah, it's like an evil bad heist. Okay, tell me about it. So, on March 18th, 1974, in Japan, three men kidnapped Katsuhisa Izaki, the president of Izaki Glico, a Japanese candy company. Glico? Glico, yeah. Yeah, oh my god, I fucking love Glico. Bad news, Uh you're not gonna like the first part of this story. Oh no! Anyway, so, he was taking a bath in his home. Uh Uh-oh. Izaki managed to escape his kidnappers after only a couple of days, but the crime did not stop there. Uh, Whenever something kicks off with a kidnapping, you know it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah. Because I feel like most people escalate to kidnapping. These guys came out the gate hot. Oh, no. Kidnapped a man out of his bathtub. The criminals, calling themselves the mystery man with 21 faces, which depends on your translation. It's Kaijin 21 Menso. Mm -hmm. So that could also be the phantom with 21 faces or the monster with 21 faces. And this name is from a series of popular mystery novels and TV shows from the 1950s. So they named themselves after the villains of these popular detective Uh novels. So this would be like someone naming themselves after a Law & Order villain. Yeah, which... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But like 30 years after Law and Order was on the air. Yeah. So it'd be like someone naming themselves after a murder she wrote <laughs> villain. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god. Anyway. So the mystery man with the 21 faces, which is what I'm going to call them because most of the pieces I saw referred to them as that. Mm-hmm. The Wikipedia, if you want to go on it, refers to them as the monster with 21 faces. Okay. It's just a translation issue. It sure. depends on which one you want to mm-hmm. go with. Anyway, all the same people. So, the mystery man with 21 faces sent extortion letters to Izaki Glico. If the company did not pay the astronomical ransom, the mystery man with 21 faces would lace their candy with cyanide. In fact, the letter said they had already laced $21 million worth of confections with Uh. the cyanide. All they needed was a reason to put them on the shelves. The letters taunted Glico and the police, saying things like, Dear dumb police officers, don't tell a lie. All crimes begin with a lie, as we say in Japan. Don't you know that? Out of an abundance of caution, large quantities of candy were pulled from the shelves, only to find they hadn't been poisoned. Yeah, because it's, it's like, it sounds like an inside job, but it could just be, like, I mean, it's, oh, I mean... You're looking at me. I'll stop. It, no, this is great. I love hearing your theories. Oh, because it's like, it's like, it's it's an inside job, but they're bluffing. But maybe they're not bluffing. Okay, you continue. Anyway, so a few She's months... She's looking at me. Yeah, I am. I sure am. <laughs> a few months went by, and so they pulled the candy. Everybody has heard about this story. Sales plummeted. I believe they actually ended up ousting the guy who got kidnapped out of his bathtub as president because of all of the controversy. They were oh like, God. you're clearly an ineffective president. They're clearly mad at you personally. You're fucking out. Yeah. And people had to get laid off because they were losing so much money because people were afraid to buy Glico products yeah. because they thought they might. there's a chance that they're poisoned. I'll say, just for all you listeners there who have not heard of Glico before, Glico is still like... A very profitable, popular company in Japan in 2020. Yep. I almost said 2019. 2020. So. (laughs) They make Pocky. They make Pocky. So if you like Pocky, 
Thank Gurikul. I will say, part of the rabbit hole I went down last night was, I have a joke later in my notes, <gasps> and I was like, what's going to be the funniest Japanese candy name to put in here? <laughs> and I had a different one, and then I was like, no, this isn't authentic, because this isn't a Glico candy. So then I had to find a Glico candy, and it was Pocky. Yeah. But I did find a website that will deliver... Japanese candy to people in America. Yep. So if you guys want it, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you, there's also apparently a place in DC that has a bunch of Japanese imports. So Jack and I are going to check it out and Ooh, see nice. if we can get all of our yeah. good snacks. Melty um, kiss. But yeah, so like I'm sitting here being like, I'm so stressed out for Guriko, but I also know that like I can still go buy Guriko candy at H Mart. Yes. Yeah. So it was just a temporary slump yeah. while people yeah. were scared. So a few months go by. I'm going to ask my mom about this. She might remember. She'll probably remember because she was, this was like, like a huge thing. She was like 13. Yeah, it didn't. As far as I can tell, because like later on, the, mm-hmm. it lists I list the uh, affected areas. Mm-hmm. I don't think it made it as far south as Okinawa, but I'm sure she it's heard the news, about it. Yes, yeah, because it was it was yeah. a huge fucking like, story. Right now. So she probably wasn't among the people scared to mm-hmm. eat candy because none of the affected places were near Okinawa, right. but she probably heard about it. Anyway, so months go by. Very little progress is made. Only one suspect got identified, and this is a man who was known only as the videotaped man. Huh. Heisty. So he was a man wearing a Yomiuri Giants baseball cap who had been caught on tape placing Glico chocolate on a store shelf. Even though the image was widely distributed to the public, no one ever identified the man. So they they were like, this has to be a guy who's affiliated with the mystery man with 21 faces because who else would bring chocolate from home and put it back on a shelf? Like... Any other crime that involves chocolate and shelves is going to be someone took the chocolate off the shelf without paying for it and stole it. That is the crime. That's the crime. But he brought his from home and set it on the shelf. Fucking weird. So, videotaped man. Who is he? We just don't know. The mystery man with 21 faces sent another letter, this time directly to local papers instead of to Glico. They said they had, quote, become bored with this affair and had forgiven Glico for whatever they had done to wrong them. Hmm. Police considered the matter resolved and candy eaters went back to enjoy their Pocky in peace. Wasn't that joke worth the 20 minutes I spent looking at Japanese candies? Wasn't it? Wasn't. I know it wasn't. It would have been funnier if I had said eating their Melty Kisses in peace. Mm -hmm. But Melty Kiss is not made by Glico. It's a Meiji candy. (laughs) So, a couple months pass. Everything's quiet. Everybody thinks, great, we can eat candy again. Mm. Give me that Pocky. Om nom 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 nom. Why are Japanese snacks so good? We just don't know. But then the mystery man with 21 faces emerged again and made the same threat. Uh This time, they sent letters to newspapers in Osaka promising 20 poison packs of candy had been hidden throughout stores from Tokyo in the east to Hakata in the west. So that's the scope of what we're dealing with. In the letters... The mystery man with 21 faces promised that 30 more boxes would be distributed if their demands weren't met. What were their demands, you mm-hmm. say? Oh, you know, pretty minor, all things considered, just 50 million yen. That, mm. That's a lot of fucking yeah. money. Like, that's the equivalent of what, like, $500,000, yeah, f- roughly? F- f- you said 50 million? 50 million, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the inflation is, but it's, it's, a, it's about 500,000 US dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. And they had very specific directions to drop off this large quantity of money. And the typewriter used on these letters matched those used in the Glico case, convincing Mm. the police that this must be the real deal and not a mystery man with 21 faces copycat. So they're like, it's Mm. the same typewriter. Uh Uh-oh. Strap in. Uh Uh-oh. This time... I don't like this. 
It was not the boy who cried poison candy. Oh no! Ten boxes of sweets, choco balls, and angel pie specifically. No, not choco balls. I know. I put in my notes, which totally would have gotten me because I love choco balls. They're I so fucking good. They're so no. good. It totally would have. I would have been like, oh no, no, no. Dude, that's like one of mine and Jack's favorite candies. We're trying to get some for the wedding. Bad news. Oh no. So, ten boxes from stores in Osaka, Kyoto, and Nagoya, which, like, if you're not familiar with the geography of Japan... It's like Western. Yeah, it's like Western, but it's still like a pretty... It's not a confined outbreak. It's, you know... It's still connected to the rest of Japan. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of a trick. Anyway. So, these ten boxes were tested. Six were found to contain cyanide. Oh, no! One contained a lethal amount of cyanide. Each box had been labeled with a typewritten note saying that the contents were tainted saying, danger contains toxins. No. One box was found at a supermarket only 35 yards from Izaki's home. You may remember Izaki as being the guy who got kidnapped Kidnapped. out of his bathtub. 35 yards from his house. Making matters scarier, the extortion letter said that the next 30 boxes would not be labeled. So these said, caution contains toxins because they're very polite about poisoning people. The next 30 would not. I'm so worried that Izaki is just poisoning everyone. Oh, no, don't look at me. I'll stop making... I'll stop making... No, I love your guesses. Keep guessing. I'm very thrilled because it's fun and different things than I thought. Each candy was produced by one of Japan's largest confectionery companies, Morinaga and Company. Mm-hmm. So no longer Glico, this is Morinaga and Company. Okay. They're still around to this day. Yeah, well. also Morinaga. Yeah, Morinaga's yeah. also very good. They're also good. big. Yeah. On June 28, 1984, two days after this letter was received by Morinaga and the press, police staged a sting to try and capture the mystery man with 21 faces. An investigator dressed as a Marudai employee, because Marudai Ham is the parent company of Morinaga, so the idea is, okay, you know, the, the letter was very specific. You had to get a Morinaga employee to do these specific things to get to the drop point to drop off the 50 million yen. So an investigator's like, let's do this, dresses as a Marudai employee, and followed the instructions to the letter. On his train ride to the drop point, though, he noticed a suspicious man watching his every move. The man was large and well-built, with short-permed hair, and, quote, eyes like those of a fox. Police would dub him Kitsune Me no Otoko, or the Fox-Eyed Man. But, despite their best efforts, the police were unable to catch the fox-eyed man who eluded them by hopping from train to train. So, presumably, the undercover investigator was like, shit, guys. It was so dramatic. It's so good. Oh, my God. But he managed to, like, in all of the chaos of the Japanese subway system, he got away. Later, the police would identify the videotaped man and the fox-eyed man. So, they think that both of these were the same dude. So, they think videotaped guys, fox-eyed man. And they think that it's Yakuza member Manabu Miyazaki, but Miyazaki had airtight alibis for the times Mm. that he was spotted on camera and for the times that the letters were sent, and he was never charged with the attempted poisonings. Mm. So that could mean he's innocent, or that could mean he's a member of the Yakuza. They have their shit together. Like, they keep a tight-ass ship. You think they're not going to have airtight alibis for all of their dudes? Yeah. Anyway. The letters weren't stopping. Another batch were delivered to newspapers addressed to, quote, all the mothers in the country, warning them that if their children were to enjoy candy, they would be risking their lives. Quote, Morinaga is the best when it comes to confectionery, said the letters, but the candies, quote, now taste a bit bitter since we have added a special seasoning of sodium cyanide. Mm-mm. Shout out to the New York Times. I found an old article from the New York Times from like 1984 when this was like happening. Mm. 
that had all of these big long snippets of the letters. Oh, Fucking God. fascinating. Incredible. After six months of making no headway in the case, the police superintendent of Shiga Prefecture, who was the lead investigator of the case, set himself on fire oh, God. in August 1985. And I put in my notes, friggin' yikes, right? What the fuck? I got to that point and I was like, what the fuck is happening in this story? Five days later, the mystery man with 21 faces sent one last letter to the media. Yamamoto of Shiga Prefecture Police died. How stupid of him. We've got no friends or secret hiding place in Shiga. It's Yoshino or Shikata who should have died. What have they been doing for as long as one year and five months? Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. No career Yamamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolences. We decided to forget about torturing food making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food making companies, it's not us, but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Signed. Mystery man with 21 faces. So he, they just wanted to cause chaos. They went full Team Rocket in this letter. Oh my god. After this man set himself on fire. And also threw some shade at the other police departments, being like, I mean, those dudes definitely didn't catch us either. Why aren't they on fire? Again, full fucking Team Rocket. It is Ooh. bananas. And after this letter was received, the mystery man with 21 faces was never heard from again. The statute of limitations ran out on the kidnapping in June 1995, and the statute of limitations for the attempted poisonings ended in February 2000. No suspect was ever caught or convicted. A movie was made about the crimes called The Monster with 21 Faces. It premiered on October 13th, 2018 at the Slice of Fright Film Festival in Bay City, Michigan. I am trying to find it on a streaming service because I want to watch the shit out of this movie, but so far I have been unsuccessful. So if you have a link to is this it movie. a Japanese movie or is it American? I don't think so because oh. it premiered in Michigan, which yeah. like doesn't mean it's not a Japanese right. movie, but from what I can tell, it was an American movie made yeah. about these crimes. Huh. But I need to do more it's research bananas. to see it. Isn't it? How have we never heard about this? I don't know. I texted my mom. Yeah. And what did she say? So no, she hasn't. She's oh, okay. Probably leaving work soon. But yeah. uh, well, I'll. How dare she up. work for a living? I'll, I'll follow up when we have questions. Time. Damn. And it was like this wasn't that long ago. This no. was like thirty-five years ago. So it's not so long ago that like it's lost to the annals of history. Like. Oh, God. I this. forgot how time worked. <laughs> 2020. It's 2020. I'm so sorry, pumpkin. I'm so sorry. But the good news is Choco Balls probably are Choco poison Choco Balls anymore. are not poison. Pumpkin's not poison. I think angel pie is just like a moon pie. Yeah. I think it's, it's the Japanese version of a moon pie. It's, so that, it's, that would be less likely to poison me. I think if I'm thinking of, there's a couple different like pie candies. Yeah. And there are some that are like just crispy mm-hmm. and fill the little chocolate on the inside. Not quite like Koala no March. It's more like, um, like it wider. Okay. Yeah. I I just saw, I have a text from Sasha just with the caption, Glico Man, and it's a man, like, in the, like, running a race pose, and his shirt says, in Katakana, Guriko. Yeah, it's a very (laughs) famous billboard in Osaka on Dotonbori. And it's just running, so lots of people go up to that billboard. And like, pose? Well, because it's o- over a river, so there's a bridge oh. right ahead of the river, and they stand on the bridge doing the Guriko Man pose. Nice. I think th- there's a photo of me somewhere from doing that. 12 years ago, when I the only time I've ever been to Osaka outside of their airport, and I'm doing the Guriko Man pose. <laughs> yeah. I just... That's so crazy. It's so insane. And so I liked hearing your theories, because I was like, to me this seems like this is a Yakuza crime and that they specifically had beef with Guriko president. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to fuck with him. Like either he owed them money or like had done something shady that pissed off the Yakuza. Yeah. 
Uh, if you don't know, the Yakuza are like Japanese organized crime. Oh, yeah. I realized oh. I was using this term and that was not inclusive of me. Some people might not know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know what So it's like are. a cookie yeah. with filling. Those would yeah. be less likely to poison me just because I generally go to those kind of cookies less, less. frequently. Mm-hmm. Choco balls, game over. Game over. I'm fucking cyanided. It's over for me. <laughs> Although we'll find out if I can smell cyanide. Anyway. So for me, it's like, well, obviously it was the Yakuza. The guy that they caught on tape, I truly believe was that Yakuza guy. And his ironclad alibis, I think, were arranged for him because he's a member of the Yakuza. Because otherwise, how can you rule out, like, right. that they didn't write the letter? Mm-hmm. And, like, the taunting and all of that, those that's the cockiness of people who know they're going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, to me, reads more like organized crime bosses who know they're going to get away with it because they have. Yeah. I liked your theory that it was Grico president just fucking shit up. Because... You're right. I hadn't considered... His candy was never poisoned. Right. It was just the rival candy. It was Morinaga that got poisoned. Yeah. So he could have staged his own kidnapping, Mm -hmm. had his heroic escape when that didn't work to boost his sales. He then threatened his own company to play the long con... Or he was being extorted or something by the Yakuza. Oh, and, and then covered for covered it. Covered for it, yeah. Or something like that. I don't know, yeah. Just too many layers. Yeah, so many layers. Email oh us God. your theories. What do you think happened with the Japanese candy poisonings? Spoophour at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us your favorite Japanese candy if you've had some. I'm gonna, gonna talk to my mom about this later. Yeah, please tell me what she said. Please follow up with us, because yeah. I... Because all of that is, yeah, what you said, 70s and 80s. Like, yeah. Yeah. It started in, like, 78. So that's when your mom would be my mom, living in Japan, my yeah? My mom, yep. Uh, so you said 78? So yeah. Yeah, so 78, she would have been 17. Yeah, so peak, your yeah. mom had to have known we, about We it. didn't come to America until 1992. Which so. is eight years after this crime yeah. stopped. Mm. Mm. Your mom has to know. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, we're going to go eat some Japanese candy. I wish we're not. We're just going to... You know, I have lots of Japanese Kit Kats at home Ah. because my aunt sent me my mom. My so I found Kuma Kit Kats at H Mart from Kumamoto, Japan, Mm -hmm. with like Kumamon mascot on it, and it's which flavor was that? It's it's um like a sweet potato, um, like roasted sweet potato flavor. Interesting. And then my aunt sent me a flan flavored one that they actually recommend that you stick in your toaster and like kind of toast the outside, caramelize the outside. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The, the otona matcha, like the adult green tea yeah. flavor. And then the last one was something unique. I tweeted about it. Fox Eye Man flavor. Fox Eye, yes. Um, Cyanide flavor. <sighs> if any of them have a typewritten label that says danger contains toxins, <laughs> don't eat them. Even if it's really delicious and your favorite kind, Sasha. Just um, don't oh, do it. Oh, oh, oh. She sent the... Uh, ume sake, okay. umeshu, alcoholic Kit Kats. Ume and is then plum, plum, yeah? Yeah, plum, yeah. plum, plum wine um, Kit Kats, and then Jap- Nihonshu or Japanese sake Kit Kats. My okay. dad has a Navy buddy yeah. when who he was married to a Japanese woman, and they used to have a very fat cat that they named Ume because oh. he was real fat. When, when I opened the when I opened the bag to like split some with my mom and yeah. Jack's mom, it was just like poof, alcohol. Because ah. <laughs> I think the cookie has alcohol in it. It's like a, it's it's also an adult flavor. So. Solid. So I'm going to go home and eat those. Anyway, oh. it's the ideal spoop hour story because it's both spooky, heisty, interesting, and involving snacks. Yes. It's like the cookie story out mm-hmm. of Canada. Can- yeah. We, I think about that a lot. We love a sorted story that also has snacks. So, 
If you have a sorted story about snacks, email spoopour at gmail.com. <laughs> or find us on social media at spoopour on Twitter and Instagram. Tell us snack stories. Oh, and also, we haven't done this for a little bit, but I want to take a moment to shout out our super rad Patreon, Patreon people. Because you guys are the fucking baller. Like, I'm sure every podcast thinks that their fans are the best, but that's embarrassing for them because you our fans are, are obviously the best. best. So they can all kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. We are posting bonus content. We sure are. Um, so if you are a patron at what dollar level? Uh, at the $1 level, you will get a thank you note and mm-hmm. stickers. At the $3 level, you will get access to Bone Cone. Yeah, so if you're giving us $3 a month, you will get some real silly videos, extra recordings, all yep, of that. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Check it out. If you saw on Twitter that I sang... The, the booster, booster seat, seat song. song from Bob's Burgers because when we sit, I am like four inches taller than Sasha because all my height's in my torso. Yeah. So when we sit, I'm like a horrific monster giant. Really and then Sasha's like this tiny delicate. Because my height is not in my torso. No. So my height's in my legs. We we were doing this video. I it looked like I'm this horrifying monster who's going to eat Sasha. So when, Sasha got a booster seat. When you're that not that much taller than me. Uh, no. No. No, because you're what, 5'4"? I'm 5'4". Yeah, I'm three inches taller than you. Yeah. But I have the torso of a six-foot tall person. Anyway, special shout-outs to Bridget, Boobies and Newbies, Pop Culture Bento, Rain, Caitlin, Teresa, James, Maureen, Cassie, a.k.a. Cassandra, and our very own Sasha for backing us on Patreon. You guys are the best. If you guys want to be cool like them and have some extra dollars. I'm very good. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Sasha's very good. Sasha deserves not poisoned Chaco balls. Mm -hmm. And so do all of you listeners. We love all of you. Even if you aren't able to back us on Patreon, that's okay. We appreciate and are stunned that there are people who do. It's fucking rad. So I want to take a moment to say thank you to all of those. And if you haven't gotten your benefits yet, they are on the way to you in the mail somewhere. I know some of you are international, so... They'll get to you, hopefully, in a timely fashion. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for reviewing on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. We are on Stitcher now. It was a fucking uphill battle, but we're there now. We thought we were already there. Courtney is good at fighting battles. (sighs) Let's thank Courtney. I harassed them. They never actually responded, and then we finally showed up. And then two days after we started showing up, they tweeted at us to be like, you're there now. Let us know if you need any fucking help. And I'm like, where were you three full fucking days ago, you assholes? Anyway. Thanks, Stitcher, for hosting us on your platform. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're listening to us on Stitcher. On Stitcher. Anyway, thanks, guys. We love you. Go eat some snacks. Not poison, please. You know, I mean, usually whenever people start talking about doing a, you know, remake of Lord I mean, of look, King, here's like, the point you know, that I'm trying to make here, okay? You know, Barb is This is what I don't understand. I mean, how I mean, I don't understand how you made a movie this bad. I, mean, I know everyone's like, like, this. Who said that, that this was okay? Look at the adaptation. Come get belligerent on Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You'll be glad you did. And KJ Apple won't be in it. No, he won't because he's going to be like, I don't want to be a poisoner. We're going to be like, too bad. Cole Sprouse, where are you? <laughs> Cole Sprouse would be a poisoner. Get your cosplaying ass over here. <laughs> I'm assuming you saw those photos. Yeah. <laughs> someone, I've always seen those photos. Someone posted a picture. I saw them when they were originally posted like eight years ago. <laughs>